0: Awesome, awesome, thank you very much, why don't you take a seat, take a seat, as you're sitting down, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking good today, looking especially good today, thank you band, you guys are awesome, awesome. Did everyone have a good afternoon? Yeah? Anyone a little bit shocked by the turn of weather? Did catch anyone else by surprise? Yeah, alright, I was like wearing a rain jacket this morning and I was walking around the park this afternoon, it was weird, I thought I was in Auckland, but I wasn't. I was in Wellington. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been hard to preach tonight if I was in Auckland. That would have made it a little bit difficult. But uh, I'm going to get straight into it because we have got uh, a good evening in store. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be good. You've got to say it like that, though. It's going it's it's to be good. So uh, as Jordan said, we're in the, the, third, the third week of our series, Abide. Right? And, and this series is, is all based around a question. It's based around the question of uh, what are you rooted in? In life, what is it that that grounds you? In life, what is it that you find your your meaning in? In life, where are you abiding, right? And you might be here uh, tonight, and, and that word abide it doesn't mean much to you, right? That that word abide it seems foreign to you. But basically, all you need to understand is that that word abide means where are you living, right? Where, where are you laying your roots? Where are you remaining? And in fact, uh, last week, Pastor Jordan talked about the the fact that. Uh, in life, so often we come to the door of God's house, right? Imagine God's got a house. You can go to the door. We go to the door and, and we knock on the door and, and God opens the door and maybe we try and sell him some Girl Scout cookies or something. But and then God invites us in, right? He says, why don't you come on in, come into the house, come and have a seat on the sofa, you know, put your feet up, let me make you a cup of tea. And, and, and we we kind of stand at the doorway and we're like, oh, actually, I don't really want to come in because, see, I'm wearing some shoes and uh, I don't want to have to take my shoes off. One, because it's a little bit inconvenient, you know. Two, because I'm quite embarrassed of the socks that I'm wearing. They've got holes in them and they smell quite bad. And, and, and three, you know, I'm just, I'm comfortable wearing my shoes. Is anyone else comfortable in shoes? Like, you know how it's, some people get home and they take their shoes off right away, right? They're like, th- sometimes they walk around the house in their socks. Sometimes they wear slippers. Sometimes they wear bare feet. I, I wear my shoes until I get into bed. Right? And, and sometimes I, I, I go to get in bed and I'm like, wait a second, I can't do that. Right? And I definitely can't wear socks by themselves. Don't know why. It makes my feet feel funny. Okay? It's just weird. Don't judge me. Open space. right? But, uh, but so often we, we, we don't want to go that little bit further with God. Right? So often we have a, a moment where we feel like God has spoken to us. God has changed something in our life. We've, we've got this moment, this, this mountaintop moment where we encounter God. But, but between then and, and now, something's changed. Between then and, and now, we feel different. We feel away from God, that, that fullness that we might have felt, that love that we might have felt, it's, it's drifted away, and we just, we feel empty again. See, this series is all based around the idea of taking off our shoes, right? What does it mean to be comfortable with God? What does it mean to be at home with God? What does it mean to be intimate with Him? And you might be here tonight, and, and, and if you're honest with yourself, you don't even know God. You're not sure if you want to, but just for the next 30 minutes, I would ask you, just just listen to, what, listen to what we're going to talk about, and then make up your mind. Maybe your life would be better with God in it. Maybe your life would be better if you took your shoes off. Maybe not right now, though, because that could get stinky, right? But uh, we are based around uh, the Scripture, John chapter 15, and I want to read it to you. We're going to read from verses 1 to verses 8 in the message version. We're going to chuck it up on the screen right now. Pew! See? See? See that? I did that with my finger. I told the AV guys that I wasn't going to do that gag, and I still did. It's addictive. But uh, read along with me. It says says this. I am the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so that it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live or abide in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Any way who separate, anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire but if you make yourself at home with me and mark my words are at home in you you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon this is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes when you mature as my disciples why don't you bow your heads with me and we're going to pray god i thank you that that we get to come here today God, I, I don't know what we walked in with. I don't know what our, what our weeks have been like, what our months have been like, what our, what our year has been like, God. But right now, we choose to, to create this space where, where we're going to lean in. God, we know that you're always talking. We know that you're always saying something. But right now, we choose to lean in and hear what it is that you want to say. God, I pray that, that as I'm speaking, it wouldn't be my words, it wouldn't be my efforts, but, but that you would use what I'm saying to, to change our hearts, God. That as my words go out, somewhere between me, me speaking them and, and them landing in our ears, God, that you would change them. God, that, that if nothing else, we would leave here different than when we came in. Thank you that you love us so much. Amen. Amen. Very cool. So, so abiding in Jesus is important, right? It's, it's important for, for probably the most obvious reason, because if we don't abide in Jesus, we can't produce fruit. Right, and, and for those who didn't grow up in kind of church, those who don't speak Christianese, producing fruit just means being uh I was gonna say being fruitful. That would be not a great way of explaining it. Producing fruit means to 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 have um good characteristics in your life. Right? To be to be content, to be peaceful, to be kind-hearted, to be what what other people would call a good person, but not just a good person, someone who lives with what people might call like a blessing. Right? You know how people like write on Facebook, you know. Uh, sitting on the beach, hashtag #blessed. It's that, but times a thousand, right? It's a type of life where you know that that you're you're living a different type of life. You're living life to the fullest. The thing that was always missing isn't missing, not because you're producing it, but because something is in you that is that is causing you to bear fruit, right? And, and so it's important for that reason. But abiding in Jesus is also important because of what it says in um, what is it like verse six. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. In life, have you ever felt, have you ever felt dried up? In life, have you ever felt uh, worn out? In life, have you ever felt, you know, maybe a little bit um, exhausted, maybe a little bit just, just weathered, maybe a little bit just like you can't do any of it anymore? In life, have you ever felt like dead wood? But right, can we get, can we get super honest for a minute? Right today, we're just, we're just going to get real. I, I bought my handkerchief, right? And, and when you bring a handkerchief to church, it means it's going to get real. I only want, own one handkerchief and I bring it to church. That's the only thing I do with it. Blowing your nose know on handkerchiefs is weird, in my opinion, right? No judgment. But, but um, in, in life, there are going to be moments when, when things get hard. In life, there are going to be moments when, when, when life, just to be honest, sucks, right? And, and one of the definitions of abide, this word, is, is to endure without yielding. Right. Sometimes we read Scripture, sometimes we read the Bible, and, and we read this bit as a, as a pretty sentiment, right? A, a way to be a successful Christian, but it's so much more than that. See, what it's saying here is is it, there's, a, there's a tree in my backyard at home, right? And, and this tree, it's actually dead. But it's been standing in my backyard the entire time I've been living there. The past two years, I moved in, the tree was there, and it's been there ever since, right? And And, and every now and then when there's a storm a bit of the tree falls off, right? The wind blows, it gets kind of blustery, and and a branch of this tree is blown off by the storm because it's a dead tree. It's got no life to it. It's got no suppleness to it. It's got no resistance within it. And so the wind blows, and a branch, a massive branch, like literally from here to, to here, falls into my yard, right? Which might sound dangerous, and it is dangerous, And you might think, Jonathan, stop being so irresponsible. Remove that dangerous tree from your yard. But there's an interesting thing that I like to do. See, whenever there's a storm and and a tree ends up in my yard, I like to say to him, Hey, babe, I'm just going to go clear up the yard. See, there's a, a massive branch out there. And so then I walk out into the yard. I swanter because that's how I walk everywhere. And I reach down and I pick up this massive branch from there to there with one hand, right? And I lift it. And I hoist it in the air, and then I, I make sure I maintain eye contact with her, and I walk. I walk, I walk to my, my dead tree pile, and I throw it in the pile, and then I flex, and then I, I walk inside to, to be congratulated on my matroness. Right, because actually the tree is a cabbage tree, and uh, the, the branches weigh around about the same as nothing. So I look impressive, but don't tell Emma. Don't tell Emma, because she thinks it's very sexy. Right, but, but how often in life are we that dead tree? How often in life are we still standing, still appearing to be healthy, still appearing to have it all together? But, but come spring, there are no flowers on our branches. And, and come summer, we bear no fruit. And if a storm should come, if life should get hard, if something should buffet us, we don't bend with the wind. We, we don't sway in the wind, but we break. See, how often in life are we rooted in the wrong thing? We're rooted in the wrong place, and because of that, we end up being dead wood. See, I I love the the graphic that we have. When you came in, you might have been given one of these connection cards, right? And and I love it. It took me a couple of weeks, if I'm being honest, to notice that, that the bottom here, it says abide, Right, abide is rooted in the roots. Some people here are like, wait a second, you are blowing my mind. I didn't trust anyone after watching Inception, and now my trust issues are gone again. Right, but see, it it says abide in the roots, because abiding is about what we're rooted in. Abiding is about what we find our life in. Abiding is about what we find our, our sustenance in. See, see, where are you rooted? Tonight, what are you rooted in? Tonight, can you endure without yielding, because you're abiding in Jesus, See, it's easy to love God when life is good. Sometimes it's hard to obey God when life is good, but that's an entirely different sermon. But it's easy to love God when life is good. But what about when life gets hard? Sometimes, in those moments when when life gets hard, it becomes harder to love Him. When life gets difficult, it, it gets harder to love Him. What happens when something kicks you in the guts? What happens when life blindsides you and you don't know which way to turn? See, often when I'm writing a sermon, we'll have a theme, and as I'm researching it, as I'm listening to, to other sermons, as I'm reading my Bible, I realize how much it relates to me. I realize how much I need to preach this to myself before I open my mouth to say it to anyone else, right? But, but this sermon has been a little bit different. See, this sermon is about my, my life in the past month or two. See, some of you might know and, and some of you might not, but but around about a month ago, my um, my nephew Damien passed away. And uh, he was 18 months old, and he was healthy, and he was happy. And he went down to sleep, and he didn't wake up. See, now I don't know what what type of pain you've experienced in your life. I don't know what type of grief you've gone through. But for me, this was the first time that I had this, this pain, this grief, this, this ache within me. It felt like someone had ripped out my lungs. Right? It felt like I was gasping for air and nothing would come in. It felt like I was reaching out and, and nothing would come back. I felt like I just couldn't catch my breath, not for days, not for weeks, for, for months. See, what happens in life when everything falls apart? What happens in life when the worst thing that could happen does happen? When your nightmares become your reality, what happens to life? See, today, I'm so grateful that we're in this Abide series. I'm so grateful that we're looking at what does it mean to remain in God? What does it mean to endure without yielding? Because I've had the, the privilege to prepare this message over the last couple of months. To, to, to research, to read, to not understand, to yell at God, to, to cry, but to work through it. And, and by no means am I done. By no means do I have any answers, if I'm being honest. But this process has been cathartic for me. And so today, I want to share three ideas with you from John chapter 15. Three ideas about what, what can you do when life falls apart? What does enduring without yielding mean when you are enduring the worst? See, John chapter 15, it it starts saying, I am the real vine and my father is the farmer, which is nice, right? The father being the farmer, it's also interpreted that God is the vine dresser, God is the, the farmer, God is the gardener, right? But the crux of it is that God owns the vineyard, right? That we are branches attached to a vine that lives in a vineyard that God owns, which is nice. That's encouraging, right? No matter where you're from, no matter what you think about life, the idea that you're kind of looked after by God is encouraging, right? But, but then it goes on to say, he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. And I don't know about you, but there's not many ways that I can read cuts off positively. There's not many ways that I can look at the Bible and figure out cuts off. No, I'm all right with that. Cuts off doesn't scare me. Any way that I look at it it's kind of scary. It kinda of, to me comes across as if we don't behave, right? If we don't get our lives just right, if we don't obey the rules, if we don't follow the divine checklist, God's gonna cut us off. Like if if we can't figure it out, if we can't get it good enough, God's gonna abandon us on the roadside and say, Look, I tried, you didn't bear fruit, you weren't good enough, you're out, out of the vineyard, sorry. And, and the main problem with this is, is not only is that scary, if we read it the wrong way, it starts to make us think that, that we can earn our way into heaven, right? That we can, we can kind of strong arm God into letting us uh, into heaven, letting us be in relationship with him, making him love us. God, look, I'm being fruitful. God, look, I'm following the divine checklist. I'm, I'm doing all the things that you say I should, and so you have to love me, God. Right, God, actually in this situation, I'm God because I'm making you love me, and so I must be more powerful than you. Right, and and so the problem with this is is we think that we can earn our way into heaven, and yet it says pretty clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, God saved you by His grace. When you believed and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Right, so if we can't earn our way into heaven, what, what does this cut off mean? The theologian James Boyce says that the translation cut off has been made to confirm what we know is already coming in verse 6. And in fact, he says that that translation is not necessarily the best of the original Greek word "ido." Everyone say "ido." Nice. It sounds like everyone's saying aru. Aru's like, hmm? and no, we're not. We're saying "ido." Right, but we—I've got two Greek words for you today. Not too many. It'll be all right. You'll—you'll you'll be like fluent in Greek by the end of it. But but, iro the word iro means to raise or lift up. Right. In which case, if we were to read that sentence again, if we were to read that sentence where it says he cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, it would instead say he lifts up every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. See, my first point tonight is that God. God the farmer, God the vine dresser, God the gardener, God wants to lift you up. See, in the natural course of things, a branch will grow rapidly. It's what branches do, right? They're a part of the vine, and they they branch out from home. They say, goodbye vine, I'm going to go branch out from home. That was good. They go out, and they're like, I'm going to establish myself somewhere. I'm going to attach to something, and and this is going to be where I entwine myself. This is going to be what I latch onto, and I'm going to bear fruit from here which is great if the, if the vine grows in the right direction, if the branches grow the right way to a good place, that's fine. But, but so often what happens is that uh, it will not necessarily, the branch will not necessarily grow where it's meant to grow, right? It's meant to grow upward to the sky where it can receive ventilation and sunlight. But so often, left to itself, a branch will tend to grow downward, aiming for the ground, aiming for the less, See, how often in life are we like that? How often in life do we, do we have a moment with God and then a month later we realize that we're on the ground? We have a moment where everything feels all right, where we think we're on top of things. We think that we're, we're able to handle this, this thing that we're doing here called life. And then a few days, a few weeks, a month, a year later, we feel like we're on the ground suffocating and desperate for sunlight, thinking, how did I get to this position? How did I get to here where I'm so lacking? How did I get to here where I feel so dirty and broken and useless? See, but there are other reasons why a branch might be on the ground. Right, a, a, a strong wind or a heavy rain could, could knock a branch from its trellis. I remember after Damien passed away for at least the first few weeks, I found it really hard to pray. And I'm a prayer. Right, in life I talk incessantly. And so God's always listening. So I just natter away all the time. Hey God, hey God, look at what that person's wearing. Hey God, look at that uh, traffic light. Hey God, this person's driving really slowly. Do you want to like, do something about it? That's, that's one of the main ones. Right, but, but for, for a long time, to be honest, for, for at least a couple of weeks, maybe a month, I felt like a branch who the wind had pushed to the ground. Right, I felt like I, I didn't have any words. I felt like I couldn't pray, like, like God wasn't within my grasp. And so at first, all I could pray was, God, I need you. God, God, help me. See, it was nothing flourishing, nothing, nothing pretty, no yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. It was just, God, help. God, my, hurt. I hurt. God, help. Again and again and again. See, and in those moments, to be honest, I didn't feel God's love. In those moments, God didn't feel close. I didn't feel like I was abiding in Jesus' love. So I prayed, God, I need to feel your love. God, I need to know that you're there. God, I need to know that something is happening. God, I don't understand anything. Nothing seems constant. God, you need to be real for me right here, right now. And it didn't happen the first time. It didn't happen the second time. It didn't happen the 10th time. But, but slowly but surely, God cracked open the, the hurt and the sorrow around my heart. See, God lifts us. God lifts us so that we might once again abide in His love. See, it's important to realize that the, the dangers of the ground are many. A branch that is not lifted puts down roots. See, a branch that is not lifted, a branch that grows the wrong way, away from the vine, it separates itself from the vine. And what it does is it puts down roots and it attempts to start to sustain itself. A good way to say this is that a branch that separates itself from the vine tries to make itself God. Right, It branches out and it says, actually, I'm just going to put down some roots here. I'm going to stay here for a moment. But if we are not lifted up by God, we risk rooting ourselves in our current problem. See, what happens is, is that putting down an attachment to it, we end up putting down an attachment to a place that we were never meant to stay. And what should have been a chapter in our story becomes so much more. We're hurt. We're disappointed. We've been blown off the trellis by something in life or we've just drifted. And we find ourselves in a position where we can root ourselves where we currently are. I'll establish myself here. I'll live here. I'll put down roots and and try and sustain myself here. But what ends up happening is we end up separating ourselves from the only thing that can give us life. Just like a branch that, that attempts to separate itself from the vine, we end up drying up. We end up wilting. We end up becoming dead wood. See, today, what do you need to be lifted out of? You might be here tonight and and just through the general course of life, you know that you've drifted. You might be here today and something dramatic has happened to you and you know that you've been blown over. You feel knocked aside. But wherever you are, uh, David says in Psalm 145 verse 14, the Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. See, wherever you are tonight, whether you know God or not, the one thing that I can say to you is that life is better with Him. That pain exists, yeah, that, that, that suffering exists, that things are still hard, but, but with God, someone is lifting you up. Someone is realigning you towards life, towards something good, towards something bigger than yourself. See that the, the farmer or the vine dresser, he, he watches over his vineyard in a way that is comparable to the way that a, a, a shepherd watches over his sheep. And that the the farmer, the gardener, he knows his goals for the vineyard. He knows how to treat and to care for for each separate vine. You could even say that the vine dresser loves his work in his vineyard. See, uh, my dad actually is a trained orchardist, and he grew up on an orchard that that he and his father owned. And he tells a story of, of one day, it was around about this time of year, a little bit later in November, there was a sudden cold snap on the orchard. My dad was six or seven. And he remembers sitting in their house with his father, my granddad. And they're sitting there, and it's a cold day, an unseasonably cold day for November. For those of you who are trying to figure it out, November is like start of summertime. So it's meant to be kind of warm. right? And and so this orchard that they own, it's a berry fruit orchard. right? The main thing that they grow at this orchard is strawberries. And, and, and so it's unseasonably cold, and he's sitting in the lounge, and he starts to hear the pitter-patter of what sounds like rain on the roof. But as it progresses, he realizes that it's no longer rain. It's started to hail, right, which isn't a big deal. But for some reason, my granddad jumps from his, from his chair and, and rushes outside. And, and my dad's like, well, what's he doing? That's weird. Maybe he's going to go, like, shoot a sheep. I'll follow him. And so he follows him out into the, into the, um, into the orchard. And he sees my grandfather grabbing these great big tarps made out of plastic, these huge plastic sheets, and starting to try and pull them over the strawberries. And my dad's like, what are you doing? And my granddad's like, if we don't cover the strawberries, they'll be destroyed. And and, and so my dad tries to help my grandfather, and they try and cover these strawberries, but it's too little, too late. And, And in the end, my grandfather ends up kneeling in the middle of this orchard, weeping as he's surrounded by the blood of smashed strawberries as the fields run red with the blood of these strawberries, right? Which seems weird, right? Like you've heard the saying, no point crying over spilt milk. There's probably less point crying over smashed berry fruit. Like what's going on? Until you realize that that this fruit, these strawberries that have been destroyed by the hail, they were their livelihood. That was their income. It was just coming up to the time of the year where they could harvest them, where they could take them in and sell them, and they'd paid to keep those fruit in the field. They'd started off by, by tilling the field, and, and, and then they'd started by sowing the field, and then pruning, and then weeding, and then monitoring, and watering, and caring. And my grandfather loved those fruits. My grandfather had, had an attachment to those fruits. See, what you need to understand is that the vine dresser is not apathetic. The vine dresser doesn't not care about his crop. They matter to him. And yet this analogy falls so short. See, God loves us with a love that is incomparable. God sent His only Son not just to live here, but to die here, and not just to die here, but to die here for us so that we might live with Him. See, God loves us way too much to leave us the way that we are, broken and hurting. But, but when something happens to us in life, when something goes wrong, when, when we find ourselves hurt or fearful or disappointed or bitter or lonely or confused, where do we run to? Right, when life gets hard, what is your home? Because whatever we're abiding in is what we run to when life gets hard. Whatever we're rooted in is what we turn to when things get hard. And and maybe you're you're a vine in a vineyard who's relying on something other than the vineyard owner to look after you. And maybe that's not the wisest decision. See, my second point tonight is that the farmer wants to use your pain for a purpose. See, James chapter 15 verse 3 says, In every branch that is great bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. See, in life, you're going to hurt. In life, things are going to go wrong. There's a thinking out there that, that says if you're a Christian, you'll never go through hard times. Right? If you're a Christian, nothing will ever come at you. If you're a Christian, you will never suffer. If you're a Christian, you'll never experience pain. But unfortunately, that's just not true. Right? We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen every day. If I can guarantee one thing to you, it's that at some stage in your life, you will experience pain. But see, pruning brings a purpose to pain. See, pruning is a cut, and cuts hurt no matter what. And, and, and today, I'm not going to talk about the why, right? Why suffering? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because to be honest, I don't have all the answers. And if I tried to discuss the few answers I think I might have, it would probably take us about three hours to like, do the intro. Right? But today, I want to talk about the what. See, to me, pruning is God taking the pain and, and creating something beautiful out of it. It's, it's not Him taking away the pain. It's not him saying there won't be any pain, but he's saying in this, I can do something. In this, I will redeem something. It says in Isaiah chapter 61 verse three that God brings beauty for ashes. See, sometimes in a hard time, people will say to you, you'll make it through this. I understand that life is hard, but you'll make it through this. I understand that you're feeling down, but you'll make it through this. And I, I appreciate the sentiment, but to be honest, I never wanna just make it through something. Right, making it through something is what happens anyway. You will make it through everything in your life. Unless it kills you, you will make it through it. In some way, shape, or another, you'll get to the other side of it. Right, I don't want to just make it through something. I want to get something out of it. Right, in life, you will always make it through. So why aspire to what will happen anyway? Instead, where are we looking at our pain? Where are we looking at our suffering? Where are we looking at the wrong things in life and saying, what can I get out of this? See, I want God to redeem what is happening. I don't want to hurt just to hurt. See, in life, you will hurt. In life, you will be cut. But when you abide in God, when you submit yourself to the care of the gardener, the farmer, the vine dresser, He turns every cut into an opportunity for growth. See, we can't choose the circumstance. We can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose our response. See tonight, pain is is inevitable, but productivity is not. See, our pain can only be made productive if we abide. See, Jesus isn't saying this to the disciples in an easy space. John chapter 15 is is what's referred to as the last discourse. This means that it's the last time that Jesus talked to the disciples before he was killed, right? It's this last journey that they go on. And what does he say to them in this moment that is hard, in this moment that is troubling, in this moment that is painful? He says to them, remain, abide, live in me, endure without yielding, because pain with Jesus is given a purpose. Pain without Jesus is dangerous. See, see, pain without Jesus brings bitterness and despair. Pain without Jesus means you are maimed by the cut, and it still hurts when you abide. Pain with Jesus is still just as painful. The pain is still real, but only Jesus can bring a purpose to the pain. See, only Jesus can bring a purpose to your pain. In life, you will hurt. In life, things will go wrong. We don't get to decide that. And you can ask why, but you probably won't get an answer. But what we can choose, what we can decide is what our response will be. God, am I gonna try and seek you and find what you're doing in this? God, only you can bring beauty from ashes. Only you can transform the situation. Only you can change this. Only you can turn it around. God, I need you to do something in this situation because it looks horrible. See, just as I get the band up, Four chapters back is, is John chapter 11. And to be honest, I've been loving and hating John chapter 11 in equal measure lately. See, John chapter 11 is, is the story of Lazarus, right? And for those of you who don't know, Lazarus is a friend of Jesus and he dies, right? He dies while Jesus is in, is in another town. And then Jesus comes to where he is and he raises Lazarus from the dead. And when Jesus arrives, he's confronted by Martha, who's Lazarus' sister. And she says to him, if you were here, Lazarus would not have died. If you were here, things would have been better. Where were you? Which is what I've been saying to God a lot lately. Right? But, but Jesus responds, I am the resurrection and the life. See, I'm not going to lie. When Damien died, I prayed like mad that God would bring him back. I bargained. I pleaded. I told him how, how amazing a testimony it would be. God, people are going to be saved by this testimony. It's going to change the world. It's going to be amazing. God, God, I'll do anything for you. God, I'll go to Africa. You know it's bad when you say you'll go to Africa. Right? And I begged and I pleaded. I got on my knees. I said, God, just do it. But he didn't. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why he didn't. I still believe that God can. I still believe that God does. All I know is that in that moment, he didn't. But what I did know is that God brings life. What I did know is that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So I started asking God, God, where are you bringing life into this situation? God, where are you bringing? You said that you are the resurrection and the life, and you said that you are here with me. You said that you walk with me wherever I go. You said that you will be with me as long as I am with you. God, I'm trying to abide in you. You should be here. So where is the life? God, what are you doing in this situation? I started to get mad. And when I get mad, I research, which is probably not your response when you get mad, but it's what I do. Right, and so I started looking, what does this word resurrection even mean? What is Jesus even saying? It's meant to be resurrection here. There's meant to be life here, and I'm not seeing a body raised from the dead. So God, what are you doing in this situation? Right, and see, the word resurrection, in the Greek, it's a word anastasis. And that word means literally to stand up or to stand again. See, life will knock you down. In life, there will be moments where you feel like you've been hit by a truck and you're down. And you know that that you shouldn't stay down, that you can't be lying down in life forever, that you can't just stay splashed out on the asphalt waiting for life to pass you by, that at some stage you need to stand, and yet when you try, nothing is further from the possibility. Nothing is further from reality. Nothing is further from your grasp than pulling yourself back up. You might try and pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you just can't. You just can't bring yourself to stand again. See, what's going on here is that we try so hard to get up, but what Jesus is saying here is you don't have to get up. See, my third point is that apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, including abide. See, it says that separated, you can't produce this thing. See, Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the stand up. Jesus is the standing again. And in life, when you're knocked down and you can't stand up, that's all right. Because you can let Him stand up inside of you. You can let Him stand again. You can let Him bring resurrection. And it might not look like what you want it to look like, but it will look like a standing. It will look like things coming back that never looked like they would. It would look like like hope returning to your life when you never thought that you would dare to dream again. See, in life, there will be things where people knock you over, where life knocks you over, where happenstance knocks you over. But we have a choice whether we will stand again. See, why do people say that they have a peace that surpasses understanding? Why why do you hear those stories about people that, that go through horrible things? I've been reading a lot of books on grief lately. And there's so many, countless stories about people who, who say that they love God, people that say that they know Him, and then their son is killed, their wife is killed. Sometimes their son and wife and another son are killed. And yet they say, "We, I have a peace. I have a peace that passes understanding because they have Jesus within them. See, hope is an amazing gift. See, I don't think that I could have gotten through what, what's happened in the past couple of months if if I really thought that this was the end. See, life doesn't make sense in 70 years, life doesn't make sense in in 80 years, much less in 18 months. But I think it was never meant to. See, we were never meant to look at life as just a count of years, just a a span of time that we're here and then we're gone. Life is meant to be viewed through, through 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 eternity. Life isn't meant to be viewed as just a here and now. See, the, the counterintuitive beauty of the gospel is that to remain in God, to abide in God, to be, to be able to endure without yielding. To abide in God, you abide in God. See, and it doesn't make sense. It seems stupid. It seems wrong. It seems counterintuitive. It seems wrapped all the wrong way around, but, but we use God's strength to stay in God's strength. We endure without yielding in God's strength. See, God owns the vineyard. He will pick you up. You can't will yourself to abide. And you can set up practices to help you. You can make sure that, that you're regularly reading the Bible, that you're regularly praying. You can make sure that you remain connected in church. You can you make sure that you remain entwined with the other branches, that you have relationships that sustain you. But there will come a point in your life where something happens and you can't do it anymore where you can't make it work anymore and and praying seems hard and God seems far away and your your prayers seem to fall from your mouth and shatter on the floor. And what do you do then? What do you do when you know that you should turn to God when things get hard? You know that God can lift you. You know that God can bring a, a purpose to your pain or at least you hope that He might and yet you can't bring yourself to connect with Him. You can't bring yourself to turn to Him. You feel limp. You feel weak. You feel dead. What do you do then? See, we as Christians can be so hung up on on working for God that we don't know what to do when Jesus says, just abide. See, if you remember nothing else tonight, I want you to write this down. The next time you're faced with a problem or a trial, take a moment to let Jesus love on you. Take a moment to the the lifter of your head turn your gaze from the dirt back to Him and then bask in His love. See, Jesus, God's already loving on you. God's already shining on you. He's already poured out His grace on you and blessed you and given you His peace. It's just up to us to receive it. See, John chapter 15, verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Then the pain will be given a purpose. Then you will be lifted from the ground. See, we abide in God's love by using God's strength. And, and the great thing and also the scary thing about this is then you can't say things like, I don't feel like coming to church. I don't, I don't feel like praying. I'm, I'm too tired to pray. I just can't muster the courage to do this because to be honest, it's not in you anyway. It's not in us to be strong enough to pray. It's not in us to have the, the emotional capacity to come to church because we rely on God's strength. It's the core of the statement, God, I believe, help my unbelief. See, the gospel is the only thing in the world where you're strongest when you're on your knees. When you, are meat, when you are weak, God is made strong. When you lack, He steps in and fills the gap. See, you might be feeling dead today. You might be feeling empty. You might be feeling worn out. But God is the only one who can bring life to the dead situation. See, tonight, don't be the dead tree. Standing in my yard, looking like it's all right. And then a storm comes and another limb is blown off. A storm comes and it's destroyed again. See, life is full of choices, and you're free to choose whatever you want. But maybe if you're here tonight, and and for so long, you've been choosing to do it on your own. For so long, you've been choosing to try and keep the planets in the sky, to to keep the world spinning, to keep breath in your lungs, to, to be your own God. And when things go wrong, you can't turn to God because you're God. When things go wrong, you can't turn to anyone to ask, why has this happened? What is going on? Can you help me in this? Because you're the only God in your life. See, maybe you're here tonight and that's you. All I want to ask you tonight is, is maybe, just maybe, it's time to give something else a shot. Maybe, just maybe, this God thing will work. Maybe, just maybe, as you turn to Him, as you embrace Him, as you say, finally, I'll I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I will trust you, God, because life can't get much worse. I can't hurt much more than I currently already am. So, God, I'm going to choose to trust you, choose to step down from being God in my life and say, I need you in me. I need you with me. I need you in this life that I'm doing because the current way it's working isn't working. See, if you're here tonight and that's you, I just want everyone to to close their eyes and to bow their heads. If you're here tonight and you know that you've been God, you've been trying to make things work. You've been trying to keep the, the stars in the sky. You've been trying to bring meaning to the pain. You've been trying to bring purpose. You've been trying to lift yourself. If that's you here tonight and you want to choose to try God, I can guarantee you, you'll be surprised. But if you're here tonight and you want to make that decision to say, God, I want to try following you for a change. God, I want to test out this love of yours. These people are gathered here for a reason, and I want to see what it is. If that's you here tonight and you want to make this decision, in a minute I want to pray a prayer with you. But before I do, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. And there's nothing magical, there's nothing special in raising your hand. It's just a way for me to see that you're making this decision and a way for you to, to, to tell yourself physically, this is what I'm doing. I'm choosing this. I'm not stumbling into it. This isn't just happenstance. This isn't something that I just walked into. I'm making a decision here and now. So if you're here tonight and you want to make this decision, to choose to, to let God be your God, to, to step down from running things in your life, if that's you here tonight, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you. Awesome, I see that hand. I see that hand. Awesome, I see that hand. If you're here tonight and this is you, you want to pray this prayer. You want to change the way you're doing things. Give something else a try. If that's you here tonight, just one more time, I want to invite you to raise your hand. Awesome. I want to pray a prayer and I just want you to repeat it after me. And the, and the words aren't special, but your decision is, your heart attitude is. So just say this after me. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you. Thank you. For loving me. For loving me. For caring so much. For caring so much. That you would chase me. That you would chase me. Even when I Even when I ran. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For trying to do life. For trying to do life on my own. I choose to follow you. be my God, be my my Lord. From today today. I choose choose. to follow you. you. I love you and I'm I'm excited for tomorrow. Amen. Awesome. Hey there's one other thing that I want to do tonight. See, I know in my life that these three points have been important to me. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the things that have happened to you. I don't know the the pain that you've been dealing with. But if you're here tonight and you know that, that, that currently you're on the ground, currently you're in the dirt, currently feel dirty and 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 suffocating and and desperate for sunlight and and you need to not be where you are you need something you need someone to lift you from the pain that you're in from the, the situation that you're in you feel broken and distraught and and worthless if that's you here tonight God wants to lift you up God wants to lift your head God wants to remind you that you're not the words that have been spoken over you You're not worthless, you're not loveless, you're not dirty, you're not ugly, but you are beautiful, that you're chosen, that you're created perfectly and for a purpose, that He calls you out, that He sees you and He smiles, that He chases you from the east to the west, that He will always love you. See, and you might be here tonight and you're in pain. You might be here tonight and and the world seems the worst that it has ever seemed and nothing seems to make sense. And trust me, I get it. But today, Jesus wants to bring a purpose to that pain. He might not take it away. The pain might still be there. The pain might be stronger for acknowledging it. But Jesus will bring beauty from ashes. And it might take a while. For me, I don't know what's coming out of this pain. I'm just trusting something is. For me, I don't know what God is working together for my good. I just know that He is. For me, I can't see the beauty in the ashes quite yet, but I know that He's working on my behalf. And something even in that knowledge changes the pain that I'm in. All of a sudden, it's not just pain for pain's sake. All of a sudden, I'm not just making it through it, but I'm getting something out of it. But only in relationship with Jesus can your pain be bought a purpose. See, so if you're here tonight and you know that you've got a pain and you're asking God, God, do something with this. Don't let me go through this just to go through this. Change this. Bring purpose to the pain. I want, I'm going to invite you to respond in a minute. But the third one, if you're here and you just feel tired, if you're here and, and if you're honest with yourself, we, you hear me talking about God wants to lift you up. You hear me talking about God wants to, to lift you from your pain. You hear me talking about God wants to bring a purpose to what you're going through. And you just feel tired. You just feel like it's all too much work. Like you've tried that before. Like you've been there, done that, and, and you still feel weary. You still feel worn out. You can't bring yourself to follow the rules, to, to tick the boxes, to be a good enough Christian. See, tonight, I know that Jesus wants to tell you just abide. You can't earn it. You can't maintain it. You can't be good enough for it. The love is ready. The love is waiting. It's like a tap, but you don't even have to turn on the tap. It's a sensor tap. You just have to run your hand under it, and God wants to pour love on you. He's just waiting for you to say, I'm ready, God. God, I'm ready for you to love on me, and He will love on you. And you can't can't scare Him away doesn't matter how ugly you feel how dirty you think you are he's not afraid of you he's not afraid of what you bring he's ready to hug you to embrace you with everything you bring and so what we're going to do is is I just want you to stand to your feet and we're going to sing a song we're just going to sing the the bridge of the song and we're going to sing it real low we're going to sing it real small so it's not the band pushing us it's us singing to God and whether you believe in them or not, just try seeing it, right? And as we do, we're going we're gonna to open this space up. If you're here today and, and you know that you've got pain in your life, that you need someone to pray with you through, if you are here tonight and you know that you need to be lifted from where you are, you feel dirty and despondent and worthless, and you need some truth spoken into your life, or if you're here tonight and you just need to know God's love in a fresh way, I want to invite you to come to the front and things will change here. Things will be altered here as we choose to embrace God. But let's start by singing the song.